In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and welcome to this program where we focus on sacred scripture. We are entering the 16th week in ordinary time. This is the 16th Sunday in ordinary time. And before we get started, I just wanted to explain a little bit why I think it's so important for us to look at the calendar and to look at our weeks in terms of the church. And we have so much from the world that pulls us into our uh, how we live our lives. And I think many times, in fact, I get caught up in thinking that my week starts with Monday, but it really begins with Sunday. Sunday begins that week and we begin with worshiping the Lord. And so this is the 16th week in ordinary time. And if you look at the scriptures for each of the days, Monday through Saturday of this week, we look at, you know, Monday in the 16th week in ordinary time. So I really have tried since I started to learn a little bit about the liturgical year as we begin the year with Advent and we move into ordinary time and then we come into East, uh, Lent and then we move into Easter. Of course, we have Christmas in there, but we have these seasons and those seasons lead us in our calendar. And so I just really wanted to emphasize us looking at these weeks of ordinary time. And also when a feast day comes into the church, look at those special feast days that our church celebrates and let that be your compass that we're really following God's time versus the world's time. So the 16th Sunday in ordinary time. And I want to begin with this prayer before reading the Bible, as we'll be reading in sacred scripture today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, may your sacred scripture be my delight. Let me praise you for all the truths I discover in these sacred books. Help me to listen to the voice of the Spirit. Refresh me as I meditate on the wonders of your law. Amen. And I hope you are being refreshed when you hear the words of God speaking to us. In the Sunday, July 18th, the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the entrance antiphon the church shares with us is this, and it's beautiful to begin. It's attributed to Psalm 54. See, I have God for my help. The Lord sustains my soul. I will praise to you with willing heart and praise your name, O God, for it is good. And I love that last line, and praise your name, O Lord, for it is good, that we praise the name of the Lord, because the name of the Lord is good, that the Lord is good, and that we remind ourselves this time of worship when we come to receive Holy Communion is a time to praise the name of the Lord. 
The first reading comes from the prophet Jeremiah. And again, if we remember the last few weeks of the, the, the words of the prophets, there's always this woe. There's always this looking at what is happening in the world, particularly to God's people and God's plan. And here we're going to hear this theme, this theme, one of the themes that we'll be hearing in these readings, I think um, that I've been hearing is this theme of how much God loves us, how much God loves his people, that it is immeasurable, this innumerable way that God loves us. And so here's the gospel or here's the book of Jeremiah chapter 23. Woe to the shepherds who mislead and scatter the flock of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, against the shepherds who shepherd my people, you have scattered my sheep and driven them away. You have not cared for them, but I will take care to punish your evil deeds. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands to which I have driven them and bring them back to their meadow. There they shall increase and multiply. I will appoint shepherds for them who will shepherd them so that they need no longer fear and tremble and none shall be missing, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David as king, he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah shall be saved. Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name they give him, the Lord, our justice. And did you hear that, that proclamation from the prophet Jeremiah? This is the name. The name is the Lord, our justice. And we heard in that entrance antiphon and praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. See the name of the Lord, our justice is good. And we should praise the name of the Lord. Behold, the prophet says, the days are coming, says the Lord. The prophet again is saying what God is telling him. Again, the prophet isn't speaking the prophet's words. The prophet is relaying to the people, the people who are now scattered and afraid. They're living in fear. They're being thrown into exile and, and as slaves. And yet, what's the beauty about this? We see that the Lord makes a promise, right? He makes this promise that I will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands which have been driven out. So the Lord is making this promise in the words of the prophet Jeremiah to remind the people that he will bring the people back and he will provide the shepherd. And we're going to hear in the gospel, of course, that the shepherd is the true shepherd, Jesus Christ himself. Now, the beautiful psalm that we hear, and I realized after going back into my Bible and reading Psalm 23 that it's really a short psalm. But it's so packed, and so many people have used this psalm in promoting and reflecting upon the peace and the restfulness and the care that the shepherd provides for his flock. So here is the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. In verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Beside restful waters, he leads me, he refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths. For his namesake, 
Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. Here we, we hear that word again, name, for his namesake. This is the name they give him, the Lord our justice. And praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. There's this recognition of the name of the Lord. And the Lord calls us by name. You know, this acknowledgement that you belong, this acknowledgement of an identity, this acknowledgement of this belonging in the family of God. I love that we hear that word name, this recognition, this personal calling that we hear in the scriptures today. The Lord is my shepherd. He belongs to me. He's my shepherd. He's my personal shepherd. He's the one that's going to care for me, for you. There is nothing I shall want. You know, in the, in the reading of Jeremiah, this God says, I will appoint shepherds for them who will shepherd them so that they need no longer fear, that they won't have a need of fear or trembling that they need no fear. There is nothing I shall want. I will have no needs. I will have no fears when I am with the shepherd. The second reading comes from the letter to St. Paul or from St. Paul to the Ephesians. And what really jumps out to me in the reading is that he associates Christ with peace. Brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have become near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. He who made both one and broke down the dividing wall of enmity through his flesh, abolishing the law with its commandments and legal claims, that he might create in himself one new person in place of the two, thus establishing peace and might reconcile both with God in one body through the cross, putting that enmity to death by it. He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. for he is our peace and he's our peace for all people. I, I think that's part of the St. Paul's heart is to remember Jews and Gentiles, both that they're not separate. They're all one in the body. They're all one of God's children. They're not different kinds of children. No, they're all part of God's family that we're equal in that there is no division amongst us that Jesus is our peace. And through him, we have access in one spirit to the Father. Beautiful words from St. Paul to the Ephesians. That's chapter two. The gospel comes from the gospel of Mark. And we've been hearing, I've been mentioning this over the last couple of weeks that we hear about the authority of Jesus. We start to see the healing power of Jesus, Jesus calming the seas, curing the sick, raising the dead to new life. 
And here last week, do you remember that Jesus sent out the apostles two by two and he commanded them to heal and to preach? And so they've been out and you can try to imagine that the apostles have been out healing and preaching and, you know, casting out demons. And so they've had a lot of activity. I mean, this has been amazing and they're getting pretty, I would imagine, pretty excited that here Jesus gives them of the authority, the authority that Jesus had. He now shares that with his apostles. And now they've spent time, we don't know how long, out there talking to people, preaching the good news, curing those that are sick. And then they come back and and you have to imagine they have to be exhausted. You know, they've just been working so hard and think about your own daily life, you know, just raising families, working in business, working in your ministry, just living our lives can be very tiring. And so they come back to the master who's given them this authority. And one, they're excited to share all of the stories and and they probably are all, all sharing amongst themselves. Did you hear what I did? Did you see what I did? And can you imagine what we did? This is so exciting. And so Jesus is seeing this. And so here we come to this reading. This is Mark chapter six, verses 30 through 34. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. They're so excited they're coming to their master. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. Can you imagine? When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd. So here comes Jesus and everybody is rushed. So they've beaten them to their destination. And he looks at the people and the scripture says his heart was moved with pity for them. For they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Wow. So there's so much here in this gospel reading. And and if you've ever been a a student and you've had a teacher or a a child to a parent or maybe a, a grandchild to a grandparent, you know, there's this enthusiasm of the one that's been taught something to come and share, you know, with the parent, with the teacher, with the grandparent, you know, look what I learned. And so you can just imagine this enthusiasm, but this exhaustion of the apostles and Jesus, Jesus reveals, I think in here, and this is what uh, a reflection that father Paul at all saints church really shared with us in the mass was that in this reading, we really get a sense of the humanity of Jesus. We get to see how much Jesus cares about the physical needs of the people and the spiritual needs of the people, that this humanity, this this recognizing that they're tired, that they need a place to rest, that we maybe get caught up on the divinity of Jesus, which is true, 100% divine, 100% human, but there's this beautiful sense of how much God cares for his people in the physical things. And so I love how we get to see this humanity of Jesus played out in this inviting Jesus to to offer rest, 
but also to feed feed the apostles. You know, they've been working hard. And have you ever found yourself in a time where you have been working so hard that you've forgotten to eat and you've just realized, oh my goodness, I haven't had anything all day. And, and you just, then you start to feel this exhaustion and you've realized that you haven't really taken care of yourself. And it's the Lord who's reminding the apostles to take care of their needs. You know, Jesus takes care of the rest and the food. Now, later, we're going to hear more about how he feeds the people, but I want to focus on just this compassion that Jesus has. He has compassion for the apostles, and then he has this compassion for the crowd. So he wants to take the apostles off to a place to rest because they haven't even had an opportunity to eat. But then we see that the people are so excited. And I think about the crowds of people today that they're just hungering to be fed. And when they witness something that might indicate hope, that might indicate a healing for them, that they rush, that they have been these lost sheep, that these massive crowds of people who are just seeing the healing power of Jesus take place in their own place, they're just rushing for something. You know, and I think there's so many people in our world who are hungering for the healing power of Jesus, for the food of Jesus, for the rest that Jesus can provide. And so they go and they bombard him. And I think about times I just had an experience over the last five days of being in a retreat, the Summer Institute at the Sisters at Our Lady of Peace. And I was running the live stream, was able to take part in all of the talks. And sometimes I just really wanted to have time to rest or just to be able to soak in what was going on. And yet there was so much conversation and so many needs of the people. And most of the conversations of the other retreatants were really about prayer requests, you know, things that were going on in their own family, in their marriages, in their ministries, in their health, that they just really needed prayer. They just needed affirmation. They needed, they needed this connection with the Lord. And so there wasn't a quiet moment in those five days. It was just this constant desire that I think the sheep really need the shepherd. They need direction. And that's what's so beautiful about something like a retreat. You know, this invitation Jesus has for the apostles is to take a little mini retreat to be one-on-one -on -one with the master. And a real retreat, while there's a retreat master and there's usually classes or conferences, there's certainly always time for celebration of mass is number one. And then time for con uh, confession, a time to be one-on-one -on -one with the Lord, to start to work on the healing that is needed, to look at the wounds, look at those times where I have gone astray in following the Lord, and that a true retreat is a time to encounter, to re-encounter the Lord, to re-engage with the Lord with sacred scripture, to re-engage the Lord with his word, with his holy Eucharist, with his true body and presence through time of adoration and prayer. But also, most importantly, I believe it's in that time of confession this time of evaluating our lives, because as we heard in the words of Jeremiah, there's been harm done to the people of God. There have been leaders that have misused their leadership. 
And in this particular area, it could be the kings, it's the spiritual leaders of the people who have led them astray. And now the people have scattered. They have wounds, serious wounds. And we certainly do have a wounded church today. And we've had throughout all of history. But the good news is, is there is the healing power of Jesus Christ. I think that's what we have to remember, that yes, in the midst of the wounds, Jesus heals. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the divine physician, and he is the one who cares for our needs. So in any wound that we have, in any time where we've experienced a, uh, a, a somebody who's misled us, we need to go back to Jesus. That is not an excuse to abandon the church. It's not an excuse to abandon Jesus and his teachings. It's actually the invitation to come home. And that despite those harmful, and they are harmful, and they have been harmful, the prophets have recognized it in the Old Testament, the harm that has been done to the people. But see, here's the good news, that, that God promises that he will gather the remnant of the flock. And he will punish those that have done the evil deeds. You know, those that have led the people astray, those that have caused scandal and have caused harm will get their justice. Because listen to the, God, to the scripture, the Lord, our justice, they are not going to be off the hook no matter what harm they have done. We have to trust that the Lord is also a Lord of justice. And those that have sent the people astray, they will be held accountable for their deeds. And we leave that in the Lord's hand. It's not up to us to punish. God will do that in his time. It is our place to call upon mercy, to call upon the grace and the healing power of Jesus Christ. We see this humanity of Jesus played out as he looks to the crowd, you know, and, and I think maybe Jesus thought and the apostles thought, oh, we're going to have this little moment with the master and to reflect in this time of rest. And then all of a sudden they see the massive crowds. Can you imagine that? You're just hoping for this moment of quiet, it might be like a mom or dad who like has just settled down all the kids, you know, and you think, oh, the house is at peace for this moment. And you just maybe sit down for maybe this moment that husband and wife have together like at, at 10 o'clock at night or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you think, oh, we have this moment to share and reflect and just to be in each other's arms and the baby cries or out comes the four-year-old. I can't sleep, you know, that there's this disruption this um, this this uh, encounter, but you know what? These these interruptions are really opportunities for the ministry to continue on, and so there's really no interruption. I think that we have to take the interruption like Jesus did. He saw the. He saw the crowd. They interrupted his time with the apostles, but he realized this is the real mission right now is we need to continue to feed the people. We need to look at their hearts. They're gone astray. They're looking for a shepherd. They're looking for a leader. They're looking for the true leader, and they're looking for a way to live their lives. And so he has pity for them. He has this compassion for the people, and then he's showing 
his apostles, this is what you do in a time of interruption. You don't say, ah, sorry, crowd, we're going to go back, find a different place to go rest for a while. Jesus engages the crowd. And what does he do? He teaches them. He, he reveals in different ways the way, right? The way, the truth, and the life. He's starting to share with the people again, this is how to live. This is where we're going. This is what a good shepherd does is he teaches. He starts to correct. And I think um, one of the reflections that I heard over the weekend, you know, are there times when you are being corrected by a shepherd, by a pastor, by the word of God, by a friend, maybe uh, by somebody else in the church who might be gently correcting you. And we should listen to those corrections. Do they fall in line? Did I really maybe fall short of God's desire for me to be merciful, to be forgiving, to be loving? And where do I need to take that correction? And to be listening to those corrections, those interruptions in our life for moments of grace, moments for us to really reflect on Christ's presence in our lives. You know, Jesus sends the the apostles out to go and preach and heal, and he will soon show them how to actually feed the people. We're going to hear that in the homily from Father Sebastian. He talks about this triple mission of Jesus and the apostles. And it's really a mission for us too. He talked about the preaching, the healing, and the feeding. And this is really what we hear from the gospel of Mark over the course of these weeks is this, this message of Jesus to preach, right? To teach and to tell the good news to heal, to cast out demons, to to cleanse, to to bring about a healing, and also to feed, to feed the people. And Jesus eventually will show the people that you actually eat my flesh and drink my blood, that I will be the food. I will be the food for your journey. It will be me. And that's going to really challenge the apostles and the people around them. You know, there are so many people in such great need in our world today, and we really don't have to look far. We don't have to look as far as our own home and probably our own neighborhood to see that there is such a hunger and so many people. And so the the message and the question that came up for, for us in Mass today at the Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish was, you know, meditate on what it means to be a good shepherd. Because yes, our priests are called to be good shepherds. The leaders of the church, our bishops, our priests, our Holy Father are called to be good shepherds. But we're called to be a good shepherd in our families, in the communities that we are involved in, whether it's in our work, whether it's in the schools, whether it is in our parish, in volunteering, in just being a good citizen. We're called to be a good shepherd to be kind, to listen, to pray, to to be patient, to be a a, a forgiving person. Father Sebastian shared a great story, and he mentioned that he was in the bank doing a transaction a couple of days ago. 
course, he was wearing his collar. And as he was finishing up the transaction with the teller, somebody in the back of the bank kind of hollered out and said, you stay there, don't go. And he looked back and he noticed that there was a woman in the back of the line. And so he kind of stepped out of line and she said, I need to talk to you. I need to have you pray with me. And so father said, okay, well, come outside when you're finished and we'll have a time of prayer. And so he waited outside for the woman and the woman came out and and she had some, some things uh, that were heavy on her heart. And she said, Father, I really need you to pray about these things. And I don't know if she was Catholic or not, but, you know, when we see a shepherd in the community, we reach out to them in prayer. And if we're recognized as a person in our community who is a person of faith, who's a person of hope, people call out to us to pray. And so father was praying with this woman and, and she said, you know, this is the most important thing that's happened to me in a long time is just to have this, this sense of healing, this sense of prayer, this sense of connecting with a good shepherd. And how many people just need one for somebody to listen to them, listen to something that's difficult, the burdens that they carry. And if they don't know that they can give those burdens over to Jesus, it takes good shepherds to invite them to let those burdens down. And while he was engaged in conversation and prayer with this woman, a car drives by and he said, stopped. People rolled down their window and they said, don't go anywhere, Father. We want to have you pray with us, too. And so a couple of people stopped and got out of their car and they needed they were sheep lost looking for a shepherd. You know, will you be? a shepherd for somebody? Will somebody who's distraught, who's discouraged, who's feeling anxious, will they see something in you? Hope, joy, love, unconditional love, not judging, not condemning. Will they see that type of a person that they would be willing to come up to you and say, would you pray with me? I, will you listen to my story? And I hope that as we listen to the invitation of Jesus to the apostles to preach, to heal, to feed, that we too would pray, Lord, guide me to be a preacher in the vocation that I'm called to, to share good news, the truth, the word of the, word of the Lord is shared by all who consume his word. We're, we're invited and Commission to share this good news, to heal, to be a person. Have you gone to confession about that? Have you talked to Jesus about that? To encourage people to, to go to confession on a regular basis and then to feed, to be ready to, to be fed the word of God and then the body and blood, the soul and divinity of Jesus Christ so beautiful. And he began to teach them many things. So Lord Jesus Christ, teach us many things. Teach us many things in the word that we hear in the liturgy and the body, blood, soul, and divinity that we consume in your most holy Eucharist. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. Amen. I hope you go through this week, the 16th week in ordinary time, looking for opportunities to pray for the good shepherd, to be the good shepherd and to pray for all those who are called to be good shepherds, that's all of us baptized, that we will live out the good news by preaching, by teaching, by healing, and by feeding 
Jesus Christ to others. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Faith Moments with Dina Marie. You can visit my website at dinamarie.org for more information. And a big thank you to my friends at Matre Day Radio for making this available on a podcast. May Christ give you his peace. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.